0: The Sunday Grill with Crane & Crane Insurance. To compare motor and home insurance quotes across multiple different insurers, see craneandcrane.ie. Well, my next
1: guest this morning has seen her career path swap thanks to COVID-19. Bea O'Grady was a palliative care nurse before she co-founded Mountain View, a wedding venue in South Kilkenny. And Bea joins me this morning to tell me about returning to nursing during a pandemic and her plans for safely reopening Mountain View. And you're very welcome, Bea, to The Sunday Grill.
0: Good morning, Arla. How are you? I'm very
1: well, thank you. Well, it's been a year that none of us will forget in a hurry. But if on January 1st someone told you you'd be closing up your wedding venue and venue in general in Mountain View and going back to nursing, what what would you have said to them?
0: Uh, Arla, I, literally it's like something out of a, a horror film that has evolved. But on January the 1st, not a hope. I... Probably indirectly would have prayed for a break somewhere along the way, thinking, because we just seem to be filling up and filling up. And I was just thinking, oh, my God, it's going to be such a long year because normally January goes quite. January didn't go quite this year or February, really. And you were constantly putting off people and you were trying to get staff in their holidays. And we were trying to everybody get a break after the really busy Christmas period. And we were kind of thinking, oh, you know, maybe, maybe we'll get a week here, a week there. We didn't envisage as we got nearly three months. So so no, I would never have imagined it in my wildest dreams.
1: Now, as we Ever said, Mountain, Mountain View is in South Kilkenny and it's a, a venue for many things. You do birthdays and everything, but primarily a wedding venue. And you were coming into wedding season come mid-March.
0: Oh, that was absolutely the most traumatic side of it, really, because uh, I, I suppose, you know, the restaurant side of it and private events and all that, you know, you can defer things like that. You can change a sixty birthday party or you can swap over a meal or you know, things can be cancelled very quickly. But a wedding is just totally there's years of planning goes into a wedding you know a wedding is everyone thinks they're only going to do it once so that the first time they do it they have this intention of only ever doing it once so they want to get it right and there's so much emotion there's so much um, pent up frustration coming up to a wedding with couples as well you know they're, You know, the, the finances they're saving there's, the implications are huge they're organising their hair two, week, two years out they're mm. organising their flowers three years so really you know, that, that area of the, the wedding side with the emotional side, and that was, I found hardest with the brides and sitting down with them. I didn't talk to one groom, to be honest, it was all the brides.
1: Yeah, of course. And I
0: suppose it was, you know, it was talking them off the ledge, really. Mm. And I suppose maybe my palliative care background comes into it because I realise, I always realise, life is very, very short. And we have only a small amount of time, really. We don't realise it to grasp, you know, that, Material things are not the be-all and the end-all. But I suppose on a wedding day, you feel it's going to be... You pump the most money into it. And Mm -hmm. I look at couples, I never judge because I think everybody is entitled to whatever they want in this life. You know, if they can afford it, they should do it. And if they can't, you know, they should, you know, win back and just be happy with what their lot is too. So I I just seen the elements of it, you know... Over the couple of weeks, uh, in the initial couple of weeks before I, I got back nursing, was just getting everybody settled and sorted. So everybody was the brides were brilliant, but a lot of emotion, yeah. a lot of. Um, one bride in particular, her mum is terminally ill. Oh. Now I, I I cried for nearly three days after that one because mm-hmm. I just thought, God, how are they going to do it? Like you know, and I and you know the heel of the hunt we said to her do it, just do it, just do it, we'll find a way to do it, and we will find a way to do it for them, just get married this year, and and they will be married, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's the end of it, most of our couples, like, you know, 95% of the weddings we had, a lot of weddings booked in, we had a full wedding calendar this year, they're booked out to next year, Luckily, we were able to get everybody sorted next year, one or two couples went to 2022. and the majority of them kind of got in. they didn't get the day they wanted, but they would have got a Friday or Thursday or Friday, okay. so they're all going to do it next year. Okay. you know all right. well that's good to hear and At what stage did you
1: decide to go back to your nursing career into the front line
0: uh uh, I suppose, look, it was just the agency, you know, and we're all, um, a lot of my family are in the medical side of it, and you just feel you have to do a little bit, and you have to do your part. I would have been years in palliative care, and I know that that area would have got neglected, so I went back just doing a bit of agency. Uh, it, it's scary back out there, you know, I was a bit nervous going back too, because, you know, I, I'm older now than what I was when I was really in, like, I've only stepped back out and nurse sidelined in the last mm. you know eighteen months or so, but it is different out there, and there was a lot of anxiety out there, but I suppose what I picked up mostly from was the anxiety around the families that you know you were dealing with they were they were nervous you know they didn't want to bring anything to their, their relative they didn't want to bring anything to the house or mm. you know so the emotional you know this has been really you know traumatic we're looking at numbers. You know, every day, oh, eight died today. You know, I've even seen a complacency in my own children. They're saying to me, oh, ma'am, you know, it's not so bad today, only eight died. But no, eight people from something that they shouldn't have died from is not right either. You know, with COVID, you know, everybody has been affected really, really badly. Every Mm -hmm. life, everyone's normal has changed, you know, and we just want normality to return. And unfortunately, we
1: don't really know when that is going to happen. It it is returning in some sense. We're doing more. I do see that. But especially for you with a venue like Mountain View, you you must see that no more normality Uh, has come back to your life yet.
0: No, there's no normality back yet. There's lots of, it's all up in the air, it's all if, buts and, and um My younger brother, he's, he's actually the director of the Bulgari Hotel in London, you know, but so he's looking at it at a different angle with us as well, you know, he looks at, you know, he said like winter time, you know, oh, it's going to be different and from a nursing point of view, I feel wintertime is going to be definitely really difficult. This winter is going to be the hardest winter for businesses because regardless, people are going to watch themselves this winter because they were not going to expose themselves to any unnecessary bugs, you know, like the common cold, which could lead to them maybe going into hospital or something. And I suppose even from a medical point of view or a nursing point of view, I think we've become very clinical and very you know, clean society now where, you know, mm. absolutely territorial about washing our hands and, you know, our social distancing is unbelievable. So I worry about um, our general health in the sense that we will pick up things a lot easier because our immune systems have been compromised now. You know, we're not, our immunities are not going to be at the same because we're not mixing with people and we're mm-hmm. not picking up, you know, just to fight general bugs You know, that that's what I fear. So okay. I think the winter is going to be very hard on businesses. Okay. It's definitely going to, you have no, going
1: to withdraw. Well, and you have no weddings, I presume, in 2020 at all.
0: Uh, well, we do. We have three or four now coming okay. at us that they're, they're determined to go ahead, and we're determined to help them get it ahead. Like we are waiting today. We we're supposed to hear, um, or, or you know, about the government guidelines or whatever. So you know, really, I suppose what they limit the at and everything. We have the space. Manchester very lucky. We're so lucky, and and that we're grateful for because we can help people get married safely. We have a huge area. It's on one hundred and twenty acres. So you know, if we have to. But mm-hmm. everybody on an individual acre <laughs> and social distance, we will do that. And but, do you
1: find, you know, with your medical background, that you can add a little bit of safety to people and make people feel maybe a little well, bit more secure?
0: I, I don't. I, I think it it helps. It certainly helps. I suppose in decision making. Um, I think probably maybe I'm a little bit. I'll be a little bit OCD about stuff, and maybe I don't need to be. But I suppose to me, looking at other businesses, it's common sense. It really is. Like. Other restaurants and other hotel rooms, I mean, all these things should be in place regardless. I mean, we shouldn't have to up our game that much on cleanliness. It should be,
2: Mm. you know, no
0: matter what, anyone Mm. coming into a restaurant should be coming into a clean, safe, clinical environment. And these practices should technically be all there. But we need to kind of upskill the staff now just to make sure I'm more about protecting the staff at the moment as well because you know they're nervous and coming back so the staff are going to be dealing with different customers whereas the customer coming in is only going to be dealing with one member of staff Mm
1: -hmm. so
0: that's is an issue really I think more than um, the customers coming back it's getting the staff right
1: Okay and your nursing agency nursing is done and dusted is it at this stage?
0: Absolutely well I've had to pull back because of a few brides now you know Mm. just um, the last couple of weeks yeah no I'll always nurse there's no two ways about it I'll always go out and go back and I'll work midweek I've always done it so you know it's it's my first kind of love. Um, I know that doesn't say much when we're promoting, kind of, you know, getting restaurants up and going in businesses, but it, it is my first love. And, yeah, and you know, it's kind of... It, it, yeah, yeah, and look, it transfers down through the business, you know, because you do want to look after people. You know, it is going to be a different environment when they come back. It's, a restaurant is nearly probably going to be like an operating theatre now to mm-hmm. you step into. It's going to be a clinical environment to a mm-hmm. certain extent. But we have to try and make it a good experience because people want to get... The social aspect is first important, darling. I think they want to get back out. They need to mix. They need to see other people. They even need to see people from a distance, even if they're not talking Mm. to them. They just need some normality, I think. Yeah, true.
1: And see a few people you don't really know, be as well. That's what I need in my life. Some just random people that I don't massively know very well.
0: Oh, no, that is, you know, just to acknowledge the, the acknowledgement and the human interaction, yeah. the facial, you know, um, I suppose expression or acknowledgement when you meet somebody and you're smiling at somebody mm-hmm. and you're not sure. And, you know, you look, we're humans. Humans operate different too. And um, we've learned
1: a lot about ourselves mm-hmm. over the last three months, haven't we? I,
0: I hope I hope we have. And I hope we do become nicer and kinder. that That's my hope because... I think even just kinder to businesses and kinder, and not be so sceptical and not be given out and not because at the end of the day, you know, you know, running home and writing a report on TripAdvisor and, you know, doing, you know, damage to a business. All these things cause its own anxiety to businesses. Mm -hmm. Businesses are going to find it really hard to get up and going. And, you know, the public have to bear with them. If they don't want to go out, don't go out. You have to give people the confidence, even business owners the confidence to go back. And I I think from, you know, a palliative care point of view, I keep going back to kind of end of life. You know, it's a short life. Mm. You know, if you're you're able to do something in a kind way to a business, help them. But if not, I I think people shouldn't be judgmental about them now. Because, you know, there's a lot. We have the space, but... Lots of businesses don't have the space and they're going to be operating on a different level. Mm -hmm. They need, they really need support to get back up and going. And it's livelihoods and business is hard. It's it's hard even in the best of times, never mind, you know, in the worst of times. Yeah, true. So hopefully.
1: OK, well, fingers crossed for everything going uh, back to some more normality for us all and for you, be at Mountain View. If people want to check out Mountain View and your beautiful views, that's why you're called Mountain View, it is oh, yeah. mountainview.ie. It's in South Kilkenny, in Ballyhale. And B. it was so lovely to talk to you this morning. Uh,
0: all and you, yeah, and take care. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103.
1: In normal times, this is booking summer camps for kids season and one company that are determined to see camps continue are Inspireland, based in County Tipperary. Stephen Murray is the director of Inspireland and he joins me on the phone this morning to tell me about what they are doing differently this summer. Hi, Stephen. Good
3: morning, Orna. How are
1: you? I'm very well, thank you. And how are you doing in, I suppose, you had the sort of business that could have just stopped during these strange times?
3: Yeah, it's funny because as soon as we heard, um, firstly, IADT got in touch with us and said, you know, we, we can't have them. You know, They made the decision themselves, which was fair enough that they wouldn't have camps this summer. So we looked at it and I spoke to my team and I just said to them, what about if we sent everybody out the materials to their homes? Um, because the one first thing I noticed was in lockdown, we were all looking for anything that could be delivered. Mm-hmm. Amazon went ballistic. <laughs> I really
1: you know, think my and, postman thinks I've gone a bit cracked when it comes to online shopping.
3: Oh, I know. <laughs> I, but, but you know what, I think I'd buy everything online if they delivered it to us, to our homes now.
1: Yeah, true, true. You know, so like, what would uh, you normally have been doing in the summertime? What sort of camps were people going to with Inspireland?
3: So we ran them in uh, Lumix School of Art and Design and in IACC Dunleary, and we had about 100 kids a day, and every day they would do different disciplines. So the first day they would make these beautiful concertina art books. Um, then they'd learn a bit about illustration, a bit of anime. Uh, they would have a day of animation, doing stop-motion, uh, claymation, and top, uh, cut-out animation, mask-making, uh, some print work, um, Actually, this year we're introducing graphic art. Um, uh, last year we did do uh, we we included street art, so a bit of graffiti. We can't do that this year because the last thing as a parent I want is someone sending my kids spray cans, mm-hmm. like you know. Mm-hmm. So so so, uh, so yeah. So every day there was something different. The idea was that they made art. They did third level art college standard work simplified for any age or level of ability.
1: Wow. Very, very hands-on.
3: Very hands-on, yeah. And we kept to a ratio of, of seven to one in terms of tutors, made sure that it wasn't, you know, that it wasn't a free-for-all that like. I mean, more than anything about this was that any kids that were weaker, we had someone on hand to help them make something that looked really good, you know, for them to go, look at what I did. You know, oh, yeah. I, think, I think creativity and art is one of the most powerful you know, exercises of wellness that we can that we'll ever you know take mm-hmm. part in.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I think creating something ourselves is that's mindfulness.
1: So then, back in March, how did you feel when you heard all this? I know there was rumblings for the uh, week or so beforehand, but even as yeah. your business and you know, I'm sure summer is very busy for you. So business wise and day to day life, you you must have felt, yeah. what what am I going to do?
3: It's been a real rollercoaster because at first it was just as everyone, you know, like my 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 work with I, I work in secondary schools uh, providing creative writing workshops all year, and and that was just cut dead. You know, it was the Thursday we were told no more. You know, so um, so it was a real shock. Then we suspected, okay, summer camps are on. You were kind of telling yourself we'll be okay by June, we'll be okay by July. Mm. Then you realised we weren't. And The interesting thing is is that, like, once I realized, okay, I've got a product here, I've got, once I once we came up with the idea of running these camps online at a level that was a little bit higher than what we were seeing out there, you know sending stuff to people's houses, um, it, it, we got really excited by it, you know, and then the response has been brilliant, but then news changes because everybody's, everybody's watching the news every day, and next thing we're hearing, you know uh, restrictions are being relaxed, so people are unsure, God well, summer camps go ahead now. Mm. You know, so there's been ups and downs with it, whereby, you know, like, um, all of a sudden it looks like we've got the product that is going to solve the world's problems. You know? Like, you know, and then all of a sudden, actually, no, can we do these workshops outside? You know, so it's been... We've had to really stick to our guns and say, do you know what, even if, even if uh, what we need to have is a product that, even if summer camps are allowed back in the morning you know, and they're allowed back at the IDT, at LSAT, we still have something that can get to people who live on the Aran Islands.
1: Yeah, well, true, exactly. So tell us how this works. You say you'll send something to your student every day. So what sort of stuff are you sending to them?
3: Okay, so the way it works is when you sign up, um, you will, the first thing you'll get is uh, is confirmation and your online subscription membership number. Um, The week before camp starts, you receive your Inspireland Artist Pack now. That that contains all of the materials and equipment that you will need for the week. So it contains all your papers, all your inks, all your all your paints, your brushes, illustration pens, uh, card, masks, uh, rulers, pencils. Everything. The idea is your parents don't have to go to the shop. Right. Um, and yeah, and and each day, then you sign on. Uh, you, you'll sign into the Inspireland members area. And your workshop will start via Zoom at half 10 for kids or 11 o'clock for teenagers. And within that pack, you have Mondays, 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 Mondays materials, Tuesdays, materials, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays.
1: OK, great. Um, so just one, yeah. one trip from the postman for all the stuff that you need.
3: One trip from the postman. Yeah, okay, exactly, great. exactly. Yeah. Um, we don't want people going down the shop spreading germs.
1: No, true. Now... I remember myself from summer camps when I was kids, and the thing that really was important to me I can't remember what I did, but I remember the interaction and that's one thing that's so important in summer camps
3: yeah, and you know what it's it's the real challenge' cause, because there's some things we cannot replace, and we cannot replace running around the, running around the yard, we cannot replace sitting down with with sandwiches with people you're meeting for the first time, mm. so we have to come up with a solution for that now. Um, and, and, and depending on the, on the camps, the kids and the teen camps is very different as well because, you know, the kids' camps, they're all so enthusiastic. They, they've they less fear. You know, they're all so much more up for games. So we do have some online games right. happening. We have um, we, um, uh, online games, we have quizzes. Uh, our workshops are also produced in, in quite a fun way as well. So there's funny video clips. Um, and we have... Uh, within the, um, the members area there's going to be a element of social media a, 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 if you like a micro social media within the group whereby, okay. the, whereby there'll be a gallery so people can so, so within each group they can post their stuff on the gallery and they can kind of comment on each other's work only nice comments of course
1: Of course, lovely Well, you've yeah, really thought it through um, As you said they will be receiving something in the post but the best place to start with um, seeing what you're doing at Inspireland is your website, and that is inspireland.ie. Stephen, thank you so much for joining me this morning. Oh, well,
3: thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. The
0: Sunday Grill on Beat 102 103. Let's talk
1: about what Chuck Tom in County Kilkenny are doing to raise some much needed funds today and incorporating the summer solstice. Angela Hayes is from Chuck Tom, and she joins me on the phone this morning. Hi, Angela.
2: Hi Orla, uh, how
1: are you? Very good, the longest good. day of the year today so you've lots of brightness to get some steps in before we talk about what you're doing um, for Chuck Tom and to raise some money tell us a little bit about it for people who don't know what Chuck Tom might be
2: Well, Chuck Tom is a a, a service that provides support and counselling to people that have been affected by suicide, especially families that have lost a loved one to suicide. And it's an open door that you can walk in and just, you know, if you want to break down crying the minute you come in the door, which we have experienced over the time. But it's also for people that have just don't feel okay and it's very important that somebody can just go somewhere and say walk in the door as I said and just say look I don't feel okay I don't know what's going on for me Um, I'm frustrated and nothing has happened but I just don't feel myself so you know once they come inside the door of Chak Tom we give them a cup of tea or coffee and they chat and um, my latest expression is when people come in no matter what way you come in how you feel when you come in but when you go back out the door, you'll certainly feel full of love and bubbles because mm. you just get so, uh, you start to, you, you get so much um, of a lift when when you speak with somebody and um, it's a huge step. It's a brave step but it's great that people can do that and over the years we've seen so many different scenarios of people that have walked in the door of Choctaw. So we have our main base, the main house is in Kilkenny City, we have smaller uh, locations that are uh, outreach locations that people can go for support as well around the county and we have another house that we opened up in um, Stradbally in County Leash um, so it's great because it's people from Matai, Leash, Carlo, Kilkenny, Wexford, Waterford, Plummel, Tipperary. You know they can all access our service, um, and it's proven to be very successful.
1: And how are you since uh, mid March? Did you have to close your doors? What happened?
2: What we did, Orla, was we were still on call. Uh, we were answering the phones for people. We did close the door, but we had a sign up saying, even though the door is closed, we're still here free because uh, we are a low-cost running um, service. And we were able to, in a voluntary capacity as well, keep the support going for people. So um, we've been able to answer the calls. We do have a 24-hour, se- um, seven days of the week service that you know we're there at the end of the phone for people and it is vital that somebody is there just to talk to when it, when the moment is needed mm. so we've, we've been able to do that so over the last two weeks we've opened our doors and we're so delighted that we've been able to do that and we've put in all the safety measures in place it's very difficult though, so, because you can't actually give somebody a hug because mm. that was part of things of we came in just give people a hug and it's so difficult it feels really inhumane the way we have to mm. um, uh, see people but they're still so grateful when they come in and as I said they go back out the door full of love and bubbles
1: and tell me are you finding and have you found down through the years that that face to face is better than the phone for you and for Chuck Tom
2: oh oh yeah definitely you know it's just the walking in the door I mean I did have a uh, lady came in the door and she, she she broke recently and she just broke down crying. She didn't know what had happened, but she tried to end her life and she got so frightened of how that came about and why. She just didn't understand why it happened. And, you know, I was just glad that she was able to just walk in our door. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so it is the face-to-face. It's uh, being able to walk in off the street yeah. That's the important thing, that there's no barriers. Mm. You know, you come straight in the door and you're greeted with a smile.
1: Mm. Now, you, you, know? you receive no government funding at Chuck. Tom, So these last three months when you could be fundraising have been daunting for you. So you have come up with a great idea for today. I, I presume people have been doing that this since dawn this morning. But tell us what you've set out to do.
2: Well, yes. Our funding, our fundraising has been affected hugely. Um, a lot of our events had to be cancelled. So I was trying to think, what can we do? And Joe Malone, he's a county councillor here in Kilkenny, and he works with the youth and that. He came to me saying, Angela, look, what can we do? Because he's experiencing the young people on the ground as well. And he's saying, you know, like, what can we do? So between Joe and Commandant Larry Scallon in the army barracks here in Kilkenny, we put our hats on and we said, right, what can we do? So we had to think of the social distancing as well Um, and also a lot of the guys that are in um, the Kilkenny army barracks are out in the Lebanon at the moment and there's been a lot of hiccups for them as to they didn't know when they were coming home and I'm sure mental health has affected them in a huge way so the guys in the Lebanon are going to take part in this event as well so it's a global participation event, it's called Step Up for Chok Tom we hope that we will achieve one year's worth of steps in a day. Okay. So,
1: so yeah. So, so that is three million six hundred and fifty thousand steps. That's right. There's yeah. no way i do that in a year. So. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you know, it's all it's the simple things, Orla. It's like your you know your mental health, one step at a time. Yes. We will achieve that. But we can't do it on our own. And it's the same with your mental health. You can't do it on your own. You need to be able to reach out to somebody. So we are kind of, it's a team effort. And if everybody was to take part in their little bit, wherever they are in the world, whether it's Kilkenny, Cork, Water, Timbuktu, the Lebanon, anywhere, they can take part in this. And again, it's all about the involvement, the participation, and it's the, the final um the final goal is to reach, um, you know, our steps. The same way in your mental health that you can reach your goal of feeling okay in yourself. So it's a team effort. It's nice. step by step. So if everybody did 10,000 steps from whatever location they're in, it will help us to achieve our goal which is it's over 3.5 million
1: okay. uh, steps. Good stuff, alright I presume people will screen grab and prove to you that they have done these as well um, I'll just give p- quickly people um, your iDonate page if you just um, go to idonate.ie and step up for Chuck Tom you'll find more details there and of course if you search for Chuck Tom on Facebook you can find more details there as well um, it started at dawn. Dusk today because it's the summer solstice is 9:57 yes. p.m. So no excuses. You have hours to get those yeah. 10,000 <laughs> steps in. Have you done yours yet, Angela? I presume you were up. What's the sunrise? 5.05 in the morning.
2: It's 5.05, yes. <laughs> our army army guys have been on the ball with the technical side of things. So I am, Commodore Clarice Gallen, is going to achieve 50,000 steps wow. from 5 past 5. So I'm going to see what I can do with him. I reckon I might be able to. I could be in a hoop at the end of it. But anyway, I'm okay. going to try. And that's all we can do is put our best foot forward and step it up for Chuck. Tom.
1: brilliant that is what it is called Facebook if you want to check for this it, Chuck Tom it's T-E-A-C Tom if you want to check it out Angela thank you so much for talking to me on the Sunday Grill thanks
0: Orla the Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103 I haven't
1: spoken to this man in a couple of weeks it'll be good to hear his voice again it is Donal O'Donoghue from hi, the Orla. RTE Guide how are you hi
4: Orla do you know the Coronas um, did you, you, you You? know I mean, how they've been impacted by the whole pandemic oh. and because oh, of the I- name Oh, yeah, yes. I was reading a story there a while ago, yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> that took me um, a minute. Yeah. It's like, really, because of the name, especially, I suppose, in America, I suppose, people just take things literally. The Corona is what they named yes. after the virus. I, you know, people have a, an aversion to it, you know, and, yeah, it's kind of weird. Actually, I was reading one of the, one of the band members was talking about it, actually, how, how it had such a negative impact on them, you know?
1: That's like, I remember reading a Kylie Minogue interview, and she said when Princess Diana died, she had an album out called The Im- Impossible Princess. Oh. And it bombed on her.
4: Oh, just bad timing, eh? Really bad yeah. timing. Yeah.
1: Mm. Yeah. Uh. no television. <laughs> yes.
4: <laughs> Sur- I'm <sound> surprised <laughs> you're talking about television. Uh, yes, okay. Um, yeah, I was asking, this this uh, on tonight, right, there's a thing called The Luminaries. It's on tonight and tomorrow night on BBC One at 9 o'clock. And it's based on the uh, 2013 Man Booker Prize winner, The Luminaries, of have the same name, obviously, by Eleanor Catton. Okay. Okay. Um, I remember getting the book at the time, actually, it's like the size of a table, um, I didn't read it, unfortunately, but got, got got remarkable reviews, actually, really positive reviews, at the time, prior to winning the man booker. Yeah,
1: I know, I can, I know the name of it, but no, I definitely didn't read yeah, this one. It's, set, it's, set
4: in the, <clears throat> it's a 19th century tale, I mean, set in the 19th century, uh, on the wild west coast of New Zealand, uh, South Island, during the boom years of the 1860s, Gold Rush, and the Gold Rush is about to begin, and... Um, in terms of the the, the, the the series TV series which kind of follows the book um, it's kind of two storylines as such like the very first uh, scene in the, in the in the TV drama is it begins in a mystery so we have this politician who comes arrives at the cottage finds a woman who's unconscious under the influence of opium there's a married man also unconscious beside her and there's a corpse in the building as well and oh. so this is the mystery of what what happened here so suddenly the next storyline goes back 9 months earlier to 1865 with the arrival of a, a woman called Anna in New Zealand, she's fresh-faced, full of promise. She's played by Eve Hewson, Bono's daughter, actually. Okay. And um, so she's she's her first encounter with some fellow passengers. One of them played by Himesh Patel. Um, and the other one is a scheming fortune teller, quite an evil woman, actually, who's played by Eva Green. Uh, and Eva Bond. Green's character, yeah, it's a great cast, actually. Eva Green has uh, has designs on this young, fresh-faced Anna... Uh, so, um, you know, beyond that, then I won't say much more, but apparently it's kind of a twisty tale, you know, and they're showing one episode tonight and one episode tomorrow night, and it's a six-part series, so could be something to get your teeth into, I reckon. Yeah, I
1: like the sound of it. Do you know what's weird? Um, maybe this happens all the time, and I'm just noticing it more mm. as I watch more television. There's so many book adaptations at the moment.
4: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of ad- adaptations. This has been in the, in the in in the works quite a while, actually, apparently, for the last six, seven years. Like It's a, it's a co-production with, uh, between New Zealand and BBC, and it's been in the, in, in the pipeline for a while. I do
1: like um, co-productions. They really seem to work.
4: Yeah, some, some do work. Some do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and the thing now, of course, as you know, obviously the business being, production is getting more and more expensive and TV getting more and more expensive in a lot of ways. People have to go into production. They yeah. so have a lot of stuff like Sky have gone into, I was going to say got into bed, but they've gone into co-production a lot with um, HBO, a lot of stuff. Oh, from, and they do guys, HBO. stuff. Mm. Uh, I mean like Chernobyl last year which was a mammoth thing was, uh, was a HBO Sky production and stuff like that You know, so there's a lot of stuff going on like that
1: Great, and I'll give this one a go it's on uh, tonight and tomorrow on 9pm on BBC One and it is based on as you said the Man Booker Prize which is always a good one then on Wednesday on BBC Four do we have BBC Four? I thought that was gone
4: I have BBC4, okay. sorry. Okay. <laughs> so I don't care about anybody else. <laughs> no, sorry. Uh, well, is it gone? I mean, I'm not sure how how. how well, uh, I hope it's it not,
1: because this is the type of documentary that, that you I... Love. Oh, yes. I just love this. It's yes. called Scandalous. Yes. Yeah, he, it's
4: Gosh, the sort of scandal. thing... Scandal. Not, in... not the RT guys. <laughs> it's the National Enquirer.
3: <laughs> well, if I
1: was still doing my degree in DIT Street and my lecturer came in and said, I'm going to turn on this documentary about journalism, I'd be like, OK, I'm good with this. It's called Scandalous, the tabloid that changed America, and it's a Storyville doc, and Storyville docs are just great. And it's
4: on nine o'clock Wednesday, say on BBC Four if you Brilliant. have BBC Four, which I have. Sorry, okay. um, so <laughs> I just. But I just think the whole uh, topic. Is, is, I mean, I didn't realize. I'm, i kind of. You would, I mean, down the years you'd look at the National Enquirer because it was just so outrageous some of the mm. stories, you know. And it's been going for over sixty years, and you we didn't, didn't know have that.
1: it, but we knew about it.
4: Yeah, yeah. Mm. well, yes, I read it, uh, yeah, oh, because it's crazy, uh, crazy titles, crazy stories, um, blurring the lines between truth and fiction, I mean, it's original fake news in a way, in some ways, you know, especially, and uh, it had a huge impact in America as well, actually, uh, for lots of reasons, um, like over 60 years, so it covered the deaths of Elvis Presley, Princess Die. you mentioned Princess Die a while ago, mm-hmm. OJ Simpson trial, the Clinton impeachment saga, cover all these things, um, And what it did actually as well, I didn't know this really, kind of really up in the documentary. It actually poached veteran reporters from the British tabloid scene because, in a way, um, tabloid newspaper journalism wasn't really a cultural thing part of American newspaper business, you know. So they had to get them from the Brits. Had to get the Brits in to write their stories, and allegedly, allegedly, used payoffs and blackmail to get its scoops as well because it got some pretty pretty crazy scoops. And and
1: and when you say crazy, like there were. A lot of them are untrue. Like, yes, that yeah. is... I
4: is, is, this, this is crazy, yeah. it did blur the line between fact yeah. and fiction. Yeah. so fake news. Um, <laughs> uh, but it had some real stories as well. And in fact, actually, I don't know if you read Ronan Farrow's uh, book, Catch and Kill.
1: No.
4: Well, in Catch and Kill, he, he tells like how some of the papers would actually take a story and Catch and Kill, basically, they'd kill the story before it actually became okay. a story. Uh, and in... Donald Trump is, is. It will be in this documentary as well because basically, Donald Trump uh, again, according to Roland Farrow in his book, uh, in before his election as U.S. President in 2016, the National Enquirer disposed of some very sensitive documents relating to Mr. Donald Trump, so they couldn't impact on his on his on his presidential run.
1: Okay, um, mm. interesting. Yeah. I'm definitely going to give this a go. It's on Wednesday on BBC Four, 9 p.m. It's called "Scandalous: The Tabloid That Changed America," and I have set my dv or for storyville docs so it definitely is somewhere because i've watched two of them in the last couple yes, of Yeah it, it, it's, it's definitely
4: out there yeah i mean yeah. people people track down and if you want to track one this this is the one i would definitely watch it yeah. as well actually cuz yeah. i don't want to know the whole story cuz it's sexy it's feature length actually this uh, And do you know the great
1: thing about storyville is they're not a particularly made by one director or producer series they're yes. documentaries that they've picked from all over the world they're just Yes great. yes 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 so yeah. it
4: has this sort of it has a, yeah the, so as much as it can be objective it is a, in some ways i think and anyway, it kind of takes it from very sources exactly. Okay good
1: stuff. Now as we know lots of stuff cancelled, almost everything cancelled during the pandemic and Glastonbury is of course one of them. Uh, So instead this Friday they're going to have the, the Glastonbury Experience live. Oh Oh, okay, okay. (laughs) Bracket, Big news, National Choir. (laughs) Sorry. Now, sorry, is this going to be one of these things where they get loads of people to sing in their sitting room? No, actually, I'll tell you what this is, actually. Oh, thank you, thank
4: you. You you know, uh, Glastonbury has been cancelled, actually, as you know, as you said. Um, So Glastonbury Experience Live is an experience, and it's live, but it's not really live, because it's from 8.30 on BBC2 on Friday, and what they've done is Joe Wiley and Mark Radcliffe will be celebrating the weekend that would have been the 50th Oh, sorry. Yeah, the fiftieth anniversary. Okay. Of the oh, that's
1: a pity. Okay, yeah.
4: Uh, so they'll have they will have live acoustics. Yes, that's 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 the, that's the live part. Uh, from contemporary artists. But from, the, the, where, the, from, though,
1: Donal? from where, uh,
4: though, From where? The BBC will be very vague with this of uh, live acoustic sets from people. Uh, no, it won't be from Glastonbury, obviously. No, it's <laughs> um, going to
1: be from their sitting rooms again. I'm from their so sitting rooms, yes,
4: yes. Glastonbury. <laughs> you know, mocked up. Um, but they'll also have things. I mean, if you're a fan of Glastonbury, and actually every year the BBC uses at Glastonbury, obviously, for, for donkey's ears. Um, but they'll have things tonight which are like, the, you know, rarely seen moments. Or rarely seen moments. Like they'll have the, I mean, I don't know, Rolling Stones in 2013. PJ Harvey 2004 concert, Lizzo will be there, Florence, these are all from the from the archives. Okay. Florence and the Machines debut yeah. in 2010. I like the story. Sort of Stormy's headline set from last year, which is quite uh. good, actually. I saw a bit of that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so if you're into Glastonbury, if you missed your Glastonbury fix or missing your music fix, uh, live or otherwise, um, this is definitely something i would be watching. It's on for an hour and a half, um, this kind of review or. Okay. Uh, part live, part review, part whatever. Great. Yeah.
1: And then Beyonce. at. And then of
4: course, topping the, and then at the end of that, followed the twenty ten by Beyonce live at Glastonbury in 2011, which I actually watched some of this. I was at that.
1: that? I was at that Glastonbury. Wow. Mm. Because I mean, I just saw,
4: actually funny enough, this uh, Beyonce at Glastonbury in 2011 is actually directed by Declan Lowney, who you might know from Father Ted. He's directed all the Father Ted's. Well, yeah, i curious, a bit of trivia. But, um, yeah, this is the first time a woman of colour head- headlined the Pyramid Stage as a solo artist because uh, I think in, tw- in 1999, Skunk and Nancy... Okay. That was, that was the first yeah but
1: anyway as, as we know with Glastonbury they get the big hitters so if you want a, an hour and a half of, of really iconic music it is on on this Friday it's the Glastonbury Experience Live 8.30 on BBC 2 lots of BBC stuff this week Donald it's all B yeah absolutely yeah. They, they do know. do the good stuff uh, as we said tonight and tomorrow the Luminaries 9pm BBC 1 then Wednesday BBC 4 9pm it's a Storyville doc scandalous the tabloid that changed America and then Friday it's the Glastonbury Experience Live, 8 30 p.m. on BBC Two. Thank you so much.
4: Thanks a lot.
0: The Sunday Grill with Crane and Crane Insurance. To compare motor and home insurance quotes across multiple different insurers, see crane and